Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, I'm here in beautiful Manila, Philippines, the capital of the Philippines, here for my big book launch. And if you're just listening on iTunes, make sure you watch the video version so you can get a beautiful view from our condo here in Manila. And uh, as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow world travelers, fellow entrepreneurs, and fellow Canadians. And I actually have a friend of mine on the show here today who uh, we know from back in Vancouver, BC, Canada. We worked on a few different projects together, and I'm super excited to invite uh, my friend, entrepreneur, and founder of Social Shopper here on the podcast from live from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Essen Bellucci, how are you doing over there in beautiful Vancouver today? Hey, Ricky, how are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great. The weather's pretty good in Vancouver. We just had a little bit of rain, but it's been pretty sunny here, actually. That's a rarity. You know, in Vancouver, there's usually cloud, gray sky, gloominess. And, uh, you know, even in Manila, you would typically have blue skies and sunny weather. But uh, unfortunately, today, uh, it's kind of in the rainy season now. So I feel very much like I'm back in Vancouver. So, uh, <laughs> and by the way, if you're listening to this, make sure you watch the video because then you can see Essan's uh, background with the beautiful Stanley Park behind him and the harbor, the North Shore Mountains, uh, the beautiful sunset. And you'll be able to see my view from, uh, you know, downtown Manila overlooking Makati and uh, CBD, the Central Business District. Uh, so on today's episode, we have the pleasure of interviewing Essen all about Social Shopper. It's an amazing e-commerce website that he's the founder of. And we're going to really uh, do a deeper dive into uh, Oh, how uh, how did he set it up? What successes he had? What failures he had? And what tips you can implement if you wanted to start your own e-commerce business? But before we get into social shopper, we want to actually get to know the founder himself, Essen. Why don't you do a quick intro and share a little bit more about yourself? Uh, sure. So um, I'm originally from uh, Iran, so I'm Persian. I uh, came to Vancouver when I was. Uh, six years old we uh, fl flee the country Iran during the uh, the war there and uh, been here for most of my life uh, I grew up in Vancouver I went to school here and I've I got a little bit of bored of Vancouver because back in the day it was a bit slow paced it's picking up now so I wanted a little bit of a different lifestyle so I lived in Toronto for for a bit I've lived in Miami for a bit LA for a bit and then I moved back finally about uh, nine years ago back to Vancouver because my goal was always to be able to launch uh, a business in Vancouver that can actually you know, work here and thrive here and be around my friends and family. So I've been here, but I travel from time to time as well, but really enjoying the tech scene now in Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver is definitely a great hub, uh, great startup community, very supportive. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, tech company companies are based there. Uh, you, they got headquarters or uh, bases there like, um, Facebook or Amazon or Hootsuite. Hootsuite's actually founded in Vancouver by Ryan Holmes. So, yeah, a lot of uh, different uh, amazing uh, tech and e-commerce uh, companies and startups. Uh, so uh, let's hear a little bit more about your own entrepreneurial journey uh, in terms of uh, when did it first start, how did you get so passionate about business, and let's, walk, uh, well, let's uh, hear a little bit about your, your journey. Sure. So I'm, uh, I'm 36 years old now, and I've been kind of – Working uh, since I was nine, um, we immigrated to Canada with my dad. My, I have a twin sister. I have an older sister who's two years older than me and my mom. And uh, we came here when I was six. 
And then at nine, my dad uh, decided to go back to Iran because that's where all of his businesses were. And he just didn't really, you know, learn the language here and just kind of wanted to go back to his home country and let us decide if we want to go with them or stay. And so we stayed and uh, I pretty much had to be the man in the house and started working at the flea market on, uh, uh, by Science World actually. There's a flea market there. I started selling shoes when I was nine uh, and I went to Costco and buy, uh, you know, Coke, uh, 24 cans of Coke and sell it for cheaper than the cafeteria at the flea market. Uh, and then I just did a anything I could do. You know, I did newspaper routes, uh, and, and then when I started seeing, I uh, was watching CNN News, actually, this is how I got into the online space. I was watching CNN News one day when I was 14 years old, and they said there's this new uh, marketplace called eBay where you can sell things online, and originally it was meant to be more for collectible items like stamps and that sort of thing, but I just ran to my you know, old IBM computer and set up an eBay account right away because I was very fascinated that you can do business you know, with the U.S. and other countries, and so... Next thing you know, I'm selling whatever I can. My mom had an electronics store on Davie Street, downtown Vancouver. So I was working there after after school every day, and I would just buy anything that would get there, you know, on uh, used items, and buy it up there and sell it to the Americans. And back then, the exchange rate was 1.5 percent in our favor. So I'd buy, you know, let's say a amplifier or a guitar or something, and then here in Vancouver at my mom's store or on the classified papers. And, and, and buy use, clean it up, take amazing pictures, write up amazing descriptions, which is an amazing tip right there. Whenever you sell anything online, you want to have great pictures and great descriptions. So I was doing that, and I was selling it to Americans mostly on eBay. And then I started getting into fashion. Uh, that's the bomb, by the way, that just went off. I don't know if you heard it, the 9 o'clock Cole Harbor bomb. Uh, so, yeah, so that's how I got into the online space, just selling whatever I could find that was, you know, at a good price here and then sell it to the Americans and, you know, really I had no investors, no, uh, you know, dad helping me out or anything. It was my allowance money and working on my mom's store that I saved up. I, I think I started around $500 uh, and took that 500, bought something, sold that for, you know, a thousand, took that, turned it, and it's just a snowball effect from there. That's really how everything that I've done has kind of started from that little seed capital of my piggy bank savings, I guess you can call it. Um, so yeah, did that, I did an eBay sales for about four or five years while I was in high school. Uh, that helped me you know, save up for buying a car and you know, getting into school and all that. And then something interesting happened, which was uh, moving to Toronto uh, after I, I uh, graduated from high school here. I went to two years SFU uh, University here for business school. And then it was just very, you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone, I don't know if you're familiar with SFU Burnaby campus on the mountain there, but you know, it's uh, it's not exactly UCLA campus, stuff, <laughs> yes. which I'm used to watching on the on the movies. You know, where it's like fun and sunny and happening. It's completely opposite. Unfortunately, it's very dark, gloomy. There wasn't much of a social scene going on. Everyone's kind of just doing their own thing, coming in there, going to class, going home. And I just got really tired of that, and and it wasn't really motivating for me. So I I left and I moved to Toronto. And um, all of my stuff, I had a lot of inventory that I moved to Toronto so I can pay for my tuition there. Unfortunately, the movers stole everything. They stole my computers. They stole all my inventory. I had like about $15,000, $20,000 worth of inventory from electronics to designer brand fashion goods that I was selling on eBay. That was going to help me pay for my rent and my tuition. But the guys opened all my 50 boxes 
and took whatever was valuable and repackaged it. And I was devastated. Uh, so that was actually my, you were asking me about like, you know, challenges. I would say, you know, after my dad leaving, that's probably my first challenge, just dealing with being a nine year old, stepping up to the plate and promising my mom and my sisters that I'm gonna be the man of the house and, and you know, keep my word and kind of sacrifice playtime after school and all that stuff. But the second biggest, I guess, you can call it a fall because, you know, I did fall, but I bounced back was losing, you know, all my inventory because that's how I was going to, you know, support myself in Toronto. And I had all my friends and family, you know, kind of worried that I'm going to go out to this new city by myself. I only had a couple of friends there, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, after that happened, everyone's like, just go back home, go back. I'm like, no, I'm not going back to my mom's house. I came here with a purpose and I'm going to figure it out. I literally locked myself in my room for three days. My, my friends there were trying to get me out to just go to the bar and, you know, get drunk and, you know, figure it out. And I knew getting drunk and being hungover is not going to, you know, solve anything. So I'm going to pay rent. So I just locked my door and said, get away, <laughs> stay out. You know, you guys have fun and just leave me alone. And I just put my head down for three full days aside from eating or going to the bathroom. I was just thinking what I'm going to do. And yeah, so I figured it out. I started selling on eBay very slowly again. Um, I borrowed, I called my dad and, you know, I, I don't really talk to him, but I had no other choice. And I, I don't want my mom to know really. So I called him and I asked him to borrow a few thousand dollars just so I could pay for tuition because school was starting, you know, within a week. And I didn't have money for that or rent. So I, after a few weeks of begging my dad pretty much to lend me, and he's a very successful, you know, businessman. And he finally lent it to me. And I got through another year, I think, of university there. Um, started doing eBay sales again. And then I got really bored in school there too. It was, you know, better lifestyle there. But just, you know, sitting in class was very bored. I'm, a, I'm one of those people that like to Google things and watch videos and just, you know, self-taught. So I said, you know, why keep paying for school and I'm doing the job and studying. It was very, you know, intense. And when I, when I could just do this myself, and I was very fascinated by e-commerce. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a deal with myself, which is learn how to, this is, by the way, the lighting is much better now for you. <laughs> it's getting dark. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to just uh, did a deal with myself. I said, you know what? I'm in my third year university business school. I have one year to go. I can spend, you know, ten more thousand dollars on tuition and another year, or I can just launch my first e-commerce store on, you know, my own website and everything. And my mom obviously didn't like that idea because, as a single mom, her goal was for us to all get, you know, degrees. And my sister had a psychology degree and. I, I wanted to, I was that far. I said, you know what, mom, here's the deal. I'm going to take the few thousand dollars I have left instead of paying for tuition. I'm going to use it to launch my first business. But the, the deal is that I have to teach myself everything. I can't outsource anything. I can't, you know, hire anyone. A, I don't have the funds. And B, you know, I want to learn how to do it myself. And most, a lot of people, you know, graduate a degree and, you know, they don't even have a job and, and, or, you know, they don't know where to, where, what to do. So I don't want to be that kind of person and be stuck with a huge tuition uh, and, and debt and all that stuff. So I took the few thousand dollars I had and, and my mom agreed. And luckily I have a mom who, you know, we've been like best friends ever since my dad left because we've worked together so well together to, you know, help, you know, keep our family afloat. She trusts me, you know, we have that really good bond. So I was able to convince her to move to Toronto and now I was convinced, able to convince her to drop out of university. And I got her blessing because that was really important for me. And I just got to work. I had all these books from school, from, you know, digital marketing, sorry, it was uh, online marketing, business law, incorporation, 
uh, you know, uh, customer service, whatever books I had from school and the ones that I would just buy online, I just got started reading and just used, read the chapters I needed and started applying it. I started my first um, online uh, designer brand, women's accessories store. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, designer brands from Italy we would uh, buy and then just sell them online at a discount. Basically, if they were, you know, older styles or discounted or closeouts from Italy, it was still fairly fresh and new in North America because, um, you know, fashion was much faster in Europe. So that's what we did. Oh, well, I did. It was just a one-person show. I got one person to help me as a coder because I didn't know code. But everything else from the, you know, setup of the website, it was on a Yahoo store platform, which is kind of like Shopify, but way, way, way harder than Shopify. Back in the day, it was much harder to set up that kind of store. And I did the design. I did the marketing. And, yeah, for the, in the first year, revenue with $5,000 investment, uh, it did a million dollars. It did $980,000, almost a million dollars revenue. Now, we did a lot of paid ads. Back then, it was Yahoo ads and Google ads and whatnot. So profits were slim because I was getting everything drop shipped mostly. I didn't have much on inventory. But one thing was that instead of having only 20 products, because that's all I can afford, I had 200 products because I had you know, uh, distributors drop shipping the products for me back then, which made the store much more appealing and more, more variety for the female shoppers. Sorry that was taking a, quite a long time of giving you a backstory, but that's how I got into the online space. Did that for about eight years, um, and then I can kind of let you know how I got into social shopper from there. But feel free to ask me any other questions in between. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for making the video as well. We made a million this month, or we made two million this month, but then uh, you got to look at the revenue, you look at the cost, and then uh, the profit. So I'm glad you're being so real about, yeah. about uh, those numbers as well. Uh, so, in terms of social shopper, uh, how did you have uh, kind of the the vision, and tell us about the expansion. What uh, really caused it to grow at the rate and the degree it did? Sure. So from from the transition from that company, which was called Element of Style, that was the online fashion company, from there to Social Shopper, um, the reason I actually shut down the other company or you know transition was I, I didn't shut it down. I sold a bunch of the assets to these guys in New York who were doing a similar type of company. Um, but during that period, I was going through a bit of a, a rough time because my I had a a dog, a boxer who was dealing with cancer, he's only five years old. So uh, I had that to deal with and these guys who wanted to buy the company and the recession in the US started happening. So uh, another kind of big challenge to me was these guys who wanted to buy my full company and two days before they were supposed to buy the company, uh, the recession happened and these guys lost half a million dollars in Lehman Brothers. They had an investment in Lehman Brothers, which overnight went bankrupt in 2008, as you know. So they literally, we, we spent six months negotiating to buy that company. And then two days before they were supposed to come to sign the deal, they said, we just lost half a million dollars. We can't do the deal anymore. So we renegotiated everything and they just bought certain assets of the company. Um, and then I just said, you know what? I got to take care of my dog because my dog is like almost like my boy. And I literally just, you know, took about a year off. He, they were supposed to, they said he's going to last, you know, a month or two. Luckily, he lived you know, a happy life for eight more months. Um, and then I came back to Vancouver. I was, I was traveling back then in Miami and LA, et cetera. And then I came back to Vancouver. I took one full year off because you know, prior to this, I was doing 18-hour days pretty much every day 
for eight years and it was exhausting with my old company. And I said, you know what, I need a break. So I came back to Vancouver, spent time with my family and just researched what I want to do next. You know, I was 30 years old by then or 29. And one of my reasons why I started Social Shopper is because I was looking to see how I can help local businesses. It was a huge passion for me to help small businesses because the stats are, you know, small businesses, 50% of them go bankrupt after two years, 80% go bankrupt after five years. And that's a huge issue for me because I know if this is happening at the small business, well, guess what? If the family business is not working out, guess what's happening at home? Right. If, you know, dad is upset that the revenue is coming, not coming in, can't pay the bills. Well, he might not be too pleasant to deal with his kids or his wife or maybe the husband and wife are doing the business together. and They're stressed out of the business. They bring that stress home. And I could see that happening in my family and, I, and my friends' families. And I just want to do something about it. And I said, if I can help small businesses succeed, then at least I've done, you know, uh, something to, to help them hopefully not go bankrupt after a couple of years. And the business model with Social Shopper is that we don't charge anything unless we perform, right? So we're one of those rare marketing companies that unless we perform, unless we bring you customers, you don't have to pay, you know, a, a thing. So we only pay us based on performance, which is makes me sleep well at night because I know that I only got paid if I did, you know, good, uh, good work. And, and performed. So I was just Googling what kind of businesses are like that. And Groupon back then was just starting out in Chicago. This was back in 2008, 2009 era. And I just got fascinated. I'm like, wow, there's finally something that you can do online, which is kind of e-commerce related, help small businesses, and you don't charge a, charge a fee up front, uh, which is very rare. And that's why I just, just jumped on that. Uh, got the domain, Social Shopper. Luckily, I was able to negotiate it and buy it from this guy who had it for four years. And, and he was trying to do something great with it, but he wasn't, be able, he wasn't able to get the uh, investment for his idea. So luckily, I bought the domain. And as soon as I got the domain, I told myself, if I get that domain, I'm going full throttle with this. And literally, uh, the Vancouver Olympics was happening that time. And you know, one of the funny things, Ricky, I know you're – you're in, in marketing and variety of things, you know, and, and guerrilla marketing back then was a big thing. And I did, again, back then I, I had, a, you know, I had some savings from my old business, you know, but I had to be very careful. And it, you know, when the were you here for the Olympics, Ricky, in Vancouver? I was, and uh, actually, that's when I met my uh, girlfriend, and uh, we started dating around the Olympics right on uh, February twelfth. 2010 is actually a very significant oh, wow. day because that's the day uh, not only did the Olympics happen, but our relationship happened. I ended wow. up marrying her and having three kids. So, yeah, what an amazing memory of our time in uh, that was amazing. I'm glad you were here, and I'm sure you were here for the Canadian hockey team celebrations and all that amazing time. I mean, of course, of course. Downtown. So, yeah, like I was just thinking, you know, like with all this traffic and all this like buzz on the street and during the Olympics. How can I, you know, capitalize on this for my new venture? And you know, I would walk, I'd be walking on Granville Street with a huge banner that said, "Sign up to Social Shopper for amazing local deals," and for and follow us on Facebook for a chance to win uh, Olympic hockey tickets. And back, you know, as you know, Olympic, you know, hockey tickets were a huge deal back then. They're very expensive. I think they were like three hundred bucks each. So I bought a couple pairs on Craigslist and use that as a way to get subscribers. And the funny thing is, I was checking my you know, subscription every kind of hour, I was walking freezing cold on Granville Street, holding this banner, 
Uh, and I'm like, you know, is this the best use of my time? Could I get more subscribers? Because I was only getting, you know, 50 subscribers an hour, which wasn't that much. I saw this lady on Granville Street getting all these people taking pictures with her. She was wearing this crazy outfit and wearing this crazy costume. And she was an older lady. I walked up to her and I said, listen, just, you know, trying to be quick on my uh, on my feet. I said, listen, uh, how much are you getting paid? She goes, oh, people are just donating to take pictures with me. And I said, okay, well, how much is it? How much are you getting paid an hour? And I'd say, she said, I don't know, like 20 bucks an hour, 30 bucks an hour. I said, well, here's the deal. I'll give you 50 bucks an hour. You got to walk with us or we'll walk with you. And every time someone takes a picture, we're going to hold this banner behind you. And so I gave her like 150 bucks, I think, for three hours. And all these people were taking pictures with her. And guess what? These people are posting these pictures on Facebook. Awesome. The backdrop was <laughs> on social shop. So it was a really cool billboard type of thing in the background. And you know, from 50 subscribers an hour, we're getting like 1,000 subscribers or like 500 subscribers an hour. So it was a really good pivot you know, on the fly that really helped us. And we did all sorts of guerrilla marketing and, 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 and events. And that's kind of the difference between us and Groupon. Groupon is very digital when it comes to marketing. Most of our ads are on Facebook, Google, et cetera. We do those as well, but we're very involved in the community. We're at you know, the uh, firework events. We're at gay pride events. We're sponsoring all sorts of you know, charity events. So that's how we've been able to get involved. You know? And, and we, we launched the company in 2010. Uh, we were going to be first in Vancouver before Groupon even came here, but I really wanted to make sure the user experience on the website was really good. So, uh, by the way, the lighting is amazing right now on your side. <laughs> I can see, I can see you in the background really well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. we're both on video and uh, we're, we're noticing that the lighting, I feel like I'm with this protection program here, but. You know, uh, you got to roll with it. I wanted to show everyone the beautiful backdrop, and we got the beautiful sunset view with uh, Essence. So this is all part of the journey, you know. So awesome. Thanks for giving me the feedback there. So yeah. continue, continue with your yeah, so uh, your marketing. Your so we, did, we, we we wanted to launch uh, before Groupon just to be first in Vancouver in our hometown, but I said, you know what, our website's not ready yet. It didn't have all the bugs ironed out, and I didn't want my customers to be my guinea pig or my testers because. I think first impression when it comes to e-commerce or you know a lot of things in life is really important. You know, presentation and things going smoothly as, as smooth as possible. There's no such thing as perf per being perfect. So we spent another couple of months perfecting, you know, and improving the website user experience, ironing out all the bugs. By the time we launched, we were I think the 12th, you know, e-commerce deal site in Vancouver. There's many others before us, but luckily, you know, knock on wood. Uh, here, but here we go. The, we were, uh, in terms of sales, Ricky, we were second place after Groupon. Uh, so waiting out, uh, it actually worked out because A, we were able to have a way better website user experience. Number two, we were able to launch with 15,000 subscribers, one five, instead of only 5,000 subscribers, which we had you know, a few months before that. And our uh, offering, so the products and deals and whatnot, the local offers we had, were much better by the time we launched too. So sometimes people say, you know, rush and just launch, which is good, you know, and learn on the way. But sometimes it's also good to make sure your product and your offering and user experience is all, you know, kind of ironed out and, and the first impression is key there too. So, yeah, August 2010 is when we launched and we, we did really well. Our first deal was a boot camp, sold 300. Next deal was a manicure pedicure, sold 1,200. 
And I was just shocked. Like Ricky, the the, the, the night before we launched, I pulled an all lighter because I, I was still testing and using every credit card I had to make sure it goes through and everything. And then at six in the morning when we sent the email to our subscribers, you have no idea the feeling of just like not knowing, are you gonna get one sale today? Are we gonna get 10? And like when I got the first sale five minutes after we sent the email out, just like I jumped out, my friends were like helping me out. I had a few friends who, who were like, you know, uh, helping with the company. One was crashing the couch, one was on the floor, one was in my room, and I just jumped and screamed. I was like, guys, we got our first sale. And they just woke up like all confused, but like excited. And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an amazing feeling, man. And then just the sales started coming. Because with, with our site, it shows how many sales are happening. So we just kept clicking refresh every like 30 seconds, almost like how people are clicking refresh for likes and comments on their posts right now to see how many likes and posts they get likes on their posts. We were trying to see how many buys we're getting on these deals. And I think our first deal, within a few hours, we already had like 50 sales. And it was in the morning. It was like 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning. So I was just like, wow, like we, we made it. You know, we did it. So... Well, you know, the key to every successful business is having this incredible launch. You obviously did that well. You really hustled, as I can tell by your stories, uh, and you made magic happen. Uh, but of course, uh, no matter how good the launch is, you're going to go through those uh, peaks and valleys, like any business, no matter how small or big or large it is. So you launched in 2010, and now we're recording this podcast anyway in 2018. So you got eight years. Um, and I know it's hard to summarize eight years in a quick uh, few minutes, but uh, let's hear about kind of those key milestones, uh, those key uh, successes, and those key failures and challenges over that eight-year span. Sure. So um, some of the milestones, um, uh, originally we wanted to have our headquarters. We wanted to have two headquarters, one for uh, uh, the Canadian operations to be in Vancouver, just our hometown, and then also have another one in uh, Los Angeles for the American operations. So we actually uh, did a beta launch right after Vancouver in LA. Um, a few months after we launched Vancouver, we headed to LA to get that going. But we quickly realized, you know, it, it sounded great to have another city in, in, in uh, on the West Coast in North America be LA to be your headquarters. But uh, we applied the similar marketing tactics, guerrilla marketing and online marketing that we use in Vancouver. And here's the, the, I guess you can call it a failure and a learning lesson that you can't just apply whatever you did in Vancouver, copy and paste to LA. Totally different animal. Uh, we did guerrilla marketing, for example, in LA. Nobody was talking to any of our promo people. And LA is a very different market. Vancouver, they say it's very nice people. They'll talk to you. They'll give you their email. In LA, they don't even stop to say hi, you know, even if regardless of what price we're giving away. And then online marketing, we shifted to uh, it's much more expensive doing paid advertising in the LA market because it's way more competitive because there's way more uh, advertisers in LA. So that was a big learning lesson. Ricky, we, we, we hired a whole team in LA. Uh, we got an office there. We got subscribers. And you know, after a few months, I could just feel in my gut that Vancouver's taking off and growing. And LA is going to probably burn a lot more cash. And I unfortunately had to pull the plug. It was a tough decision because I'd hired these amazing staff there. And it was really sad to let them go. We transitioned. We didn't give them you know, two weeks notice. I gave them a few months so they had a chance to find another job because I felt really bad. They were really nice people. It just didn't work out. We kept the office for a few more months and just 
we transitioned out of LA, we came back to Vancouver, focused here, got an office here and grew our, our team here and just kept growing. Um, we started with a few employees and then we grew up to about 18 at our peak. Uh, in 2013, we had a media company in Vancouver, a pretty big media company reached out to us to partner with us because they wanted to enter the e-commerce digital you know, social shopping space. So we did a partnership with them so that we could access their 90 salespeople. Uh, they had 3 million readers through their, uh, through their reach, publications, digital and print, and other assets that we could leverage. So we were partners with, with them for three years. Um, and then you know, some things worked with them and some things didn't. And after three years, um, I actually decided to uh, buy back the company from them. So uh, to take it over just because our visions and our goals were, weren't aligned, you know, with a you know, bigger corporate media company, it's a bit different. So uh, a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, bought the company back. So now, um, and then, you know, those are the kind of lessons you learn, you know, who do, it's almost like getting married, right? I'm not married or anything, but, you know, getting into a partnership with a, another partner, it's almost like marriage. It's like, you have to see eye to eye and you have to work well together and all that kind of stuff. So there's good and there's, you know, challenges, et cetera, with that sort of thing. But it's, it's, it's good that we, you know, parted ways amicably, which was, which was good. And now I kind of feel like I have my entrepreneurial kind of wings back. And uh, so we, we had 18 people at that time. Unfortunately, we had to, you know, let some of them go because we didn't need that many people without the big media company as our partner. So I scaled back down to be a little bit more of a lean operation again. Um, and the next steps for us right now is um, getting into more uh, products so, so that we can be a, become a more of a global player. Uh, and Social Shopper, the name doesn't mean deals necessarily. It doesn't mean coupons or anything. It could be anything. And I, I picked the name because I knew the whole movement in e-commerce is social. Uh, you know, back in the day, everything was becoming, you know, Facebook and social online, et cetera. I knew one day everyone's going to start buying uh, online together. Having kind of that mall, you know, that shopping experience, you go to the mall with the friends and family. I always wanted to kind of uh, duplicate that kind of experience online. And that's why I picked Social Shopper as a name. That's that's our next kind of steps is to make the, uh, the website a lot more social, uh, using a lot better technology that's out there right now. So using, um, there's, you know, all sorts of cool technology now, AR, VR. Um, we're even looking at potentially using blockchain potentially for the quality of goods, for the review system, um, you know, authenticity of goods, all that kind of stuff to, which you can use blockchain to, to make it a lot more transparent, et cetera. So that's kind of next steps. And then I've got a couple other side projects that I'm working on as well, which uh, we can get into. But yeah, there's been lots of ups and downs. Uh, you know, once you have a baby, like a company like this, it's, you're in it, you know, unless you're, unless you're uh, gonna just kind of quit, which, you know, luckily I'm not a quitter and I'm known for just giving it all, my all and, you know, doing my best and bouncing back from any pitfalls. So uh, I fully believe in everything becoming online and e-commerce and social commerce. So that's why I fully, fully believe in the future of our company. And we just have to make some tweaks and pivots to make it uh, scale. 
You definitely nailed the name. You know, with Social Shopper, you got these two important elements, the e-commerce, the shopping element, and of course, that social element. Uh, you know, we're living in this day and age of social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Google+. So you, I think you're definitely on the right track there. Um, so in terms of uh, you, you, and I'm glad you mentioned these kind of like um, uh, uh, failures because you expanded uh, maybe too quick, maybe you partnered with the wrong uh, per, uh, person or, or organization or agency, um, corporation, entity, and uh, those partnerships don't always work. And then maybe it's uh, you know good to not expand too quickly because uh, when we see successes, we're like, okay, it's successful here, let's expand, let's take over the world, and we go into this you know big visionary thinking, which is good, but then they also need to be a pace and a speed to that, and uh, I'm glad you made, you compared. You know, a city like Vancouver, a lot different than a city like LA, even though they're both West Coast, they're both kind of chill and, uh, you know, kind of uh, West Coast vibes, but they're very different in terms of Canadian market, American market, uh, the type of people, the type of uh, uh, kind of ambience and energy. So I'm glad you're mentioning this. I also want to uh, kind of uh, talk about how it was in terms of the national, um, you know, you, you've obviously gone back and forth from Vancouver to Toronto. Uh, how has it been in terms of expanding or uh, covering the, the whole country of Canada? For for Social Shopper, you mean? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so for, for our company, uh, right now we have subscribers across Canada. So uh, it's been pretty cool because whenever we have a travel offer or products offer that are applicable to people on the East Coast, um, they can buy it as well. So that's been really cool. Um, I've always wanted to have a home base be in Vancouver, but always think, you know, nationally and internationally. So um, it's, it, it, you know, the cool thing is with digital marketing right now, as long as you're really, you know, well-versed with, you know, social media marketing, like Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, uh, you can sit here in Vancouver and get customers and subscribers on the East Coast. As long as you have a good, compelling, you know, product, offer, et cetera. So um, I'm looking forward to actually expanding um, local offers and experiences on the East Coast because I think Toronto and Montreal and other cities in, in, on the East Coast have a lot of cool things to do and I've got some really cool ideas how we can curate uh, really cool, unique experiences and offer them for sale on, on Social Shopper. Sounds great. Uh, so, Asan, I want to actually apply some of your principles to our viewers uh, and listeners uh, because a lot of people, uh, you know, who are becoming digital nomads, who are entrepreneurial business owners, they want to get into e-commerce and they may be considering, should I do FBA? Should I do eBay? Should I do uh, Shopify? Uh, should I do, uh, you know, start something like what you've done? So what would you say to that person who wants to get into e-commerce for the first time? Yeah, sure. So I guess it depends on the goals and, and, and if, if you want to do this, you know, full throttle, full time, or if it's just going to be like a side gig for you. Um, I personally, you know, I've looked at many different platforms. Uh, the first thing you kind of want to know is what platform you want to use. Um, obviously, you want to know what products, et cetera, you want to sell. But um, one of the most important things is the platform. I personally like Shopify quite a bit, and I've heard great things from people who have used it. Um, so as a platform for ease of use and just uh, uh, capabilities and integration, I think Shopify is a great choice. It's very affordable. Um, you could always start on eBay. I started on eBay. You can still sell on eBay or Amazon. I haven't sold on Amazon, but I have you know, heard lots of great things about Amazon. The only issue with Amazon uh, is that you don't get to keep your customer information. 
that's something I've heard you know, from a lot of people that you know, if you want to use your customer data for a variety of things, for you know, sending more offers to them, et cetera, et cetera, Amazon doesn't give you that. So you know, I think it's a good channel. But if you're going to do this full throttle, full time, I wouldn't just be on Amazon personally, but many people are. Um, so as a platform, that's what I would go with. Um, and then products, you're going to want to know what kind of products. Is it your own products? Is it something you've made or sourced or branded yourself? Or is it something you're getting through you know, drop shipping sources like you know, Alibaba, et cetera? Um, so that's kind of what you want to make sure. And do a lot of product research. Make sure it's something unique because if there's a lot of competition for that specific product and you don't really have anything compelling, whether it's quality or better price, then you might have some challenges there. So, um, yeah. Curious to know also about uh, you know traffic uh, driving because you know you could have the best website in the world, all the best products and services, uh, but you definitely need to drive traffic, and you're uh, phenomenal at doing this, obviously through your email marketing, social media. SEO, your videos, uh, affiliates, etc. So walk us through what have you set up in terms of driving massive traffic to your site? Sure, yeah, I was gonna just, that's a great question. I was just gonna say the other thing is once you've got the platform and you've got the amazing product, you know, it's not the whole build it and they'll come because that's not how online works. <laughs> There's so many different websites and millions of websites out there. It's not like street traffic where you put up a store uh, you know, on Robson Street, and someone just walks and discovers your store online. It's a very different, different game there. So once you have everything set up, huge important piece is traffic. So I personally um, really like social media marketing. Uh, so Facebook and Instagram, I would say, currently are are my favorite. Uh, you could go with Google as well, but with Google, someone has to be thinking, hey, let me search for bed sheets for example, on Google or Amazon or whatever, right? Where it's like they have to think of needing that product. What I like about Facebook and Instagram is you could just be browsing you know, your, your Facebook feed and checking out posts, all of a sudden be shown an offer for bed sheets, and you're like, oh yeah, that's an amazing offer for bed sheets. I could use an extra pair of bed sheets or an extra set of bed sheets because my last one, you know, is not that nice, or you know, you want to switch them up or whatever, right? So it's a whole different way of marketing. I think social media marketing. Uh, so I highly recommend Facebook and Instagram. And now with the live stories, etc., I think that's super cool too. So if you have a cool store and cool product, you can do cool videos for your products, which I think is very, very uh, important and a, and a game changer. And we'll be getting to doing that as well very soon. Sounds amazing. And Essen, I know you're a typical entrepreneur in the sense that you can't just do one thing. Uh, you know, you got to expand and, you know, you're definitely a visionary uh, wanting to, uh, you know, spread your tentacles, uh, so to speak. Uh, so tell us about some of your other projects uh, in terms of being a serial entrepreneur besides Social Shopper. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it, Ricky, because that's one of my biggest uh, kind of obstacles slash goals is to kind of get in control of my mind and it goes uh, it goes at 100 you know miles an hour and it's non-stop on both business and life thoughts so i think just trying to get in control of that is really important focusing so um right now i am actually so one one other project that we've been in beta uh is it's a huge passion project for me one of them is called socialinthecity.com uh so the mission there is disconnect to reconnect. So it's a lifestyle website which inspires you to discover amazing things to do in your city. Um, and also we were gonna be curating our own experiences. 
So meaning uh, we're going to show you amazing things that are happening in Vancouver and other cities, but also we're going to work with event planners and businesses and curate our own uh, experiences, which we've done uh, already. Um, as an example, uh, Ricky, we did a really cool experience called um, sushi making class paired with sake tasting, which was an amazing experience. And we were selling that on our website and promoting it on Social in the City. And, and it was an amazing date idea. It was an amazing mother and daughter idea, corporate team building idea, etc. So Social in the City is my new kind of side project. Uh, we've beta launched it, so you can check it out if you like. And uh, we're going to be basically just focusing on social things. And also, um, Ricky, I'm a, I'm a huge a fan of really disconnecting from your digital devices. I know both you and I are kind of glued to our phone and computer. We have to, it's part of our business and life. But, you know, especially because you've got a family soon, I'll, I hope I can, uh, uh, I'll get a family going. Uh, but just looking around, you know, at restaurants and dinner tables and whatnot, just seeing people, you know, families, kids, everyone glued to their phone and not even making eye contact and looking at each other is really, you know, saddening, I guess. And that's kind of why I was inspired to launch Social in the City, to start a website where people can find amazing experiences to do, but also sprinkling, sprinkling in some educational pieces there to show the negative effects of being glued to your phone and computer all day. Uh, and, and inspiring people to disconnect and reconnect. That's one of my projects, Ricky. And the other uh, huge passion I have, just from all of my years of you know life challenges and business challenges and uh, life growth, is uh, life transformation. So I'm working on a kind of a stealth project right now, which I'll announce probably hopefully in a few weeks. Uh, it's a life transformation uh, uh, program which basically inspires and shows people how to really live life to their fullest, um, starting with you know, health, diet, uh, nootropics, which is basically supplements for your brain and cognition, and just living a life of uh, abundance and uh, sprinkling in philanthropy and charity work and giving, because I really believe in life. If you want to you know, get, you got to give and and. It's a full 360 kind of life transformation project that I'm working on, which I'll be announcing. And um, I'm going to be starting my own. Uh, I'm actually inspired by you and other people who are digital nomads um, and you know who have their own channels and whatnot. So I've got uh, my. I'm setting up my own uh, page, Hassan Balucci page, which I'll start. Uh, you know, uh, adding links to all these new projects that I'll be working with. So if anybody wants to follow me, they can start following me. I've got a Facebook page already, and I'll have a. Uh, the other channels up and running soon as well. Well, that's definitely a perfect segue uh, to uh, concluding our uh, interview here in terms of, uh, you know, we've covered a lot, uh, everything, your own personal journey, which was really phenomenal uh, because even though I know you from back in Vancouver, I didn't know these layers and layers and layers of complexity in terms of your origin. Uh, you're starting up the company, you're expanding to different regions and areas. So thank you for sharing all that. Uh, it's really, really fascinating to hear the founder's journey. Uh, so uh, speaking of the founder's journey, if people wanted to connect with you on a personal level and maybe pick your brain a little bit more, ask you for some support or help in, ter in terms of starting their own business. And of course, if they wanted to connect with Social Shopper and your other projects, how can they do that? Sure. I think uh, right now Facebook and Instagram would be the best. So you can uh, connect me, connect with me on there. 
Uh, it's just, you can just search my name, Esan, E-H-S-A-N, uh, last name Baluchi, B-A-L-O-O-C-H-Y. And just uh, follow me there, send me a private message, direct message, et cetera, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone. As, you know, I had mentors growing up uh, through life and business, and I'd be happy to pay it forward and help anybody out. And this is what I love about uh, you know all of our guests. They're very much uh, go givers. Uh, they're go getters. I mean, uh, Essen is like a hustler. Like he, he's a there's a picture of him next to the word hustle. But at the same time, he's a you know a contributor and uh, you know uh, all about uh, supporting, giving back, and making a difference. And I love your whole philosophy of uh, you know get off the net and get to know someone eye to eye, face to face, and uh, you know off the technology. And this is. For me, a big social media influencer saying that, and a dad of three kids, and we are, uh, I don't know if we're anti-tech. Every now and then they might watch TV here and there, but we definitely don't glue them in front of the technology. And that's why I'm publishing my uh, new kids book, uh, because I want dads and moms to read books with their kids, and I want them to go back to those basics, uh, you know, the family bonding, the family harmony. And uh, you know, the, so I think we're on the same page here, my friend. You are so passionate about this, uh, you know, uh, the social angle of e-commerce, and uh, yeah, we're definitely on uh, kindred spirits. So wanted to thank you for joining us from uh, beautiful Vancouver there, and I look forward to catching up with you in person uh, when I return to Vancouver or when you come and visit me here in Manila. That sounds amazing. I actually definitely want to visit you in Manila. So hopefully I'll be there uh, before you come to Vancouver. And thanks for having me, Ricky. It was amazing uh, exchanging stories and, and sharing what I've uh, learned along the way. It has been, it has been. And I'll have those links below. Uh, so make sure you connect with uh, Essen uh, on a personal level, but also on a business level that is multiple sites. Uh, you know, you can click right through if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on iTunes, or that's one of the podcast directories, they'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so thanks, everyone. Make sure you connect with us as well. Uh, we're daddyblogger.com and also digitalnomadmastery.com across the web. So happy travels, everyone. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode.